You know your week just isn't complete until you've heard this program. It's not complete for me, and I'm pretty sure it's not complete for my colleague across the ocean either. Once again, it is time for the program that has no agenda, coming to you from the Curry Manor in the United Kingdom on a beautiful uh, August day. My name's Adam Curry. And I'm John C. Dvorak up here in Northern California, where I think we have a competitive day. Ah, well, you're allowed to. So uh, we might as well start right off by saying we just spent about, uh, what, about 25 minutes trying to get the setup to work properly? Uh, actually, 21. <laughs> I have no idea what happened. It's all of a sudden the routing was messed up, and even though you could hear me fine and the software could register everything fine and record, I was hearing like the, the back end of a of a reverb plate. That's how I could hear myself, and, that, and you sounded like you were in the basement with 15 mattresses piled on top of you. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> so uh, here we go. We're we're good. But but you still have, you don't, you fixed the problem by re uh, by resetting every single thing and starting from scratch and rebuilding the code. Well, not, as no, were. not exactly. But like you don't that. know what happened. You don't no, know what happened. I, you know what? I'm thinking the only thing I can think that happened because you know obviously I did the same that you that you suggested is what did you install? You know what have you done this week? And. The only thing I, the last thing I can remember installing was the new version of Skype, but that was b- before we recorded the last No Agenda. And the only thing I can think of is during this week, I did get a software update pop up. I clicked it, you know, to, to in fact, I hid it for a while. Uh, you know, you just, you, you can hide applications on the Mac. And, um, cause I didn't want to install anything. Because, you know, I always want to take a full day and I want to make sure the software updates, you know, that there's no crap. Because you, you hear about that within a week, usually. There's something you don't want. Uh, so I just left it open. And um, and then I rebooted because I had this problem um, Friday. Yeah, just before I recorded the daily source code. And uh, I rebooted and I clicked something and it just worked again. But I did notice that the what used to be the icon for... Dot uh, Mac has changed now to the Me Mobile, so maybe the the software update, uh, uh, you know, sucked something in anyway and misconfigured or something like that. Because I went to rebuild all the connections between the software and the the virtual routing device, and it worked. So who knows? Yeah, you know, that's probably what it was. I mean, that's the problem. I mean, I've had that happen to me. I think a lot of users, in fact, they you know something, you know, they have their regular piece of software stops working. And they think it's something they did, and in fact, it's some upgrade or it's something else that was installed. And it's but it's worse on Windows because of all these DLLs, DLLs that are swapped yeah. in and out. Yeah, yeah, that does that sucks incredible. I've I've had that happen so many times on Windows, and I got I got to hand it to Mac once again. Even if this is a an Apple thing where they're downloading software, and installing something, it's still it's still pretty freaking easy. It does kind of work. Yeah, well, the PCs kind of work too. I'm not like, you know, it's not like they don't work, <laughs> and they have and they have a lot more stuff. Well, well, no, that's not true. They have a lot more stuff. That's not true yeah. anymore. Yeah, no, it's still true. No, it's not true. There's plenty of stuff for for Macs. You can get all any all the stuff you want. You what, can get all the stuff you want, but there's not as much. Well, you give me an example of something you have that you can't get on the Mac. No, you, you can get everything on the Mac. 
that you can get on the PC, but there's more of it on the PC. I was looking for a converter for a flash to AVI thing, and yeah. there's like thousands of them. Oh, out yeah, there the, the, the volume. Okay, yeah, but uh, you also have to wade through thousands more that are just crap or install spyware or... I didn't say that's not the case, uh? but that, that is true. <laughs> I've had that happen when you're like, you want one little simple app, and you do a search, and you get thousands of, of results, and it's all like kind of the same app, and then they're trying to sell you something else, and it doesn't really work, <laughs> and oh, right. I hate that. Right. Right. Yeah, no, my favorite thing is the guys, it's like, it it is the same app. It's these guys with different websites. Yeah, exactly. And they just reach, they just change the name a little bit. The program and the, and those, by the way, those programs never work. No, or or, total garbage. Yeah, or, or not as advertised. It's getting more and more difficult to find stuff effortlessly. Because of these guys, it began with the cell phone providers, the mobile phone people for you Europeans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when you started to look for, like, I mean, type, go to Google and type in best cell phone program deal, something like that. So say you wanted to find, like, I want, I want to find, for example, a comparison between Verizon, AT&T, Singular, or say I'm in Europe, Orange, and Vodafone, all the rest. I want to know what the best system, best program is the best system with the best coverage and the best price oh forget it oh yeah i know what you mean there's so many so many sites that are doing that it's not possible because of all these these guys that have flooded the web with these sites (laughs) that just want to sell you a phone and they have phony number i mean it's just unbelievable well go to the search engines yeah it's kind of that way with with symbian uh that's the operating system that nokia uses because i have that new e71 i was looking for a couple apps and um I, uh, you know, and, and just a couple of simple basic things. And before you find a site that actually is just good, you know, and, and lets you download simply, you don't have to, you know, fill out a million forms every single time. It takes a while. And you want to bookmark it once you get one of those sites. Yeah, well, absolutely. And the other thing, you know, in fact, I got found a couple of interesting sites recently like that. I'll put them on. I have the Dvorak.org slash home.htm page, which links to some of these sites. But I actually have to upgrade the one for downloading software. But the other thing is talking about jumping through hoops. I also hate some of the more traditional sites that we've had before that have the downloads. Now it's like you go to them and it's like it's like a confused mess. And it says, do you want to download now or do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? And then you say, yeah, I want to download for for God's sake, what do you think I'm here for? You <laughs> click on it, it takes you to another page yeah. oh, with a that. bunch of bull on it that you need to wade through, and then the download button is someplace buried, and you find it, yeah. you click on it, it takes you to another page saying, well, which server do you want to use? And then they have a laundry list of servers, Yeah. and then you, uh, yeah. I mean, come on. If you're looking what for happened? a piece of software, what's, what's the first site you go to? I'm sure you don't do Google. I'm sure you go to a site. If you're looking for some Windows software, where do you go to first? Well, on my uh, home, I well, I used to use two cows mostly, mm-hmm. uh, but they've gotten they've made their lives complicated. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, there's there's a new site. For, it's not it's like Freeloader or something like that. I've got yeah. about five of them that I go to. I've kind of stuck with uh, well, from the Mac, it came from Version Tracker, and uh, they have Windows Windows Tracker as well. I find that to be a, a pretty good service. Okay, well, actually, I'll, I'm going to have to upgrade my little. Uh, my listing on that page I, I mentioned, home.htm, hmm. uh, the listing for it says free software that I'm going to have to go in there and go through all those specific sites and I'm going to find two or three new ones and put them up there uh, for the public. I mean, it's at least that helps a little. 
So I had a fun experience uh, yesterday. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Before you say that, anybody out there who has a, a great one site for mobile phone apps, send me an email. Okay. I'll send you anyway. a couple emails. Oh, well, you can always call. <laughs> so you were doing what? Um, I, I, well, something interesting happened uh, yesterday. Um, you know, I use that site, drop.io, where people can upload links and files I got and a stuff. bunch of email and Twitter messages about <laughs> your being oh, hacked. No, it wasn't that I was hacked, but, you know, so I'm in contact with these guys, and they're kind of like an alpha. They've got, you know, I think they got a couple million dollars in funding, and I'm really a big fan of what they're doing, and I love this service. I mean, I freaking love it. Um, and so they sent me a little note and said, oh, we, we added a new future, feature, which you'll really like, is uh, every single time something's posted, uh, you can have it send out a little alert with a link uh, on your Twitter. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of cool because I haven't been doing much Twittering lately. And if I do it, then, you know, it's, it's usually a link to something. So why not automatically have it generate a link and a little tweet message when something's <laughs> uploaded? So I mean, this already sounds bad. So, uh, you know, so I'm like, okay, so I hook it all up. I'm ready to go. And here's my mistake, right? The mistake is I... Uh, I do a test message um, from, so I post a note onto my drop.io slash daily source code, and I say, oh, hello world, testing, uh, this should now appear on Twitter. And, and that was the stupidest thing I could have done, because, of course, you know, six and a half thousand people saw this, and you got to figure at least a fraction is saying, oh, let me go over there and see if it works. So then everyone started posting notes and shit, which <laughs> just, and, and of course it came through as me. Um, and I was like, "Wow, what what a mistake! That was yeah. uh, that was pretty yeah, dumb." A bonehead move. We <laughs> yeah, that, that was a real bone. But the idea is great. Uh, I only lost like uh, 150 people over it. Uh, I feel bad. It was like, oh, of course, this is not so smart. Because, <laughs> oh well. Yeah, that's not it. Auto posting to things like Twitter. Yeah, you know the great thing about Twitter that I like is the it's different than a blog because it's more of a push. It, or push technology mainly because with a blog and you know even though they call it micro blogging it's not really blogging it's a different mechanism with blogs people have to go overtly go to the blog i mean they can subscribe to the rss feed and it maybe it makes it a little but very few people subscribe to blog rss feeds i do i subscribe to tons of them well i'm, I'm one of the few okay i mean you, it's, I your, st it's your statistics you should know i don't think I don't think that that many people do. I mean, a lot of people do, but I mean, we have like 30,000 to 40,000 people visit the blog a day. And I think maybe a, we may have out of that, we may have 5,000 people on top of that that are, are subscribing to RSS. And that's, you know, it's not half. Let's put it that way. Mm. But with Twitter, you know, you're getting the, the tweets come through and this, the number of followers that you have usually doesn't go down. I mean, in your case, maybe because of your bumbling. <laughs> yes. But, uh, <laughs> but generally speaking, although mine, you know, every once in a while I see it tick down one because some guy's fed up with me. But generally speaking, you, that group st stays there or they keep getting the stuff, although they may even abandon the service which I think is probably more likely to happen hmm. uh, with Twitter. So it's a different kind of a mechanism because you, you don't have to actually go to the blog. The blog comes to you. Exactly. I don't know what the point of that was. but No, I, I don't know. I, what, what, are you, what are you trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> no, what I'm, now that you mention it, that probably yeah, didn't uh, have no anything idea. really. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's uh, I'm, actually, as I was not listening to what you were saying, um, 
I was searching around for this link that I had on the on the drop. There was uh, an executive order was pushed through yesterday, which I'm just trying to. F- I'm, I, I'm hoping you heard of this, which allows um, uh, basically we now have a a national security guy who sits on top of the CIA, the NSA, the FBI, and it's all consolidated. Uh, into, yeah, well, this has been going on for a while. They've been trying to get, get this guy. But this has know, happened. This, this Mike McConnell guy, I think his name is. Is that who it is? Yeah, let me just check. Because uh, apparently what's in the actual executive order is pretty scary. As in um, all kinds of um, all kinds of powers at home, in the homeland, in the hinterland. Hello? Yeah, no, you know, the way I, when I, every time I see one of these things happen, it just seems to me to be adding. I mean, I thought the Republicans were supposed to make government smaller. This just adds, essentially, this adds another layer of bureaucracy. Cause you know, for a fact, that this guy who's the Uber guy is gonna have to have a huge staff. And those, you know, so they can all coordinate. And that staff is going to be staffed. And they're going to end up with a big, you know, one other layer of government that's probably going to consist of two or three hundred people that are just looking at the other agencies. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's not just a, I mean, it frightens me because this sounds like, it's almost like they're gearing up for something. You know, it's like they're just getting ready. Mm. Um, and also in it was, I just can't find all these links. I thought, I had, oh, maybe it's in a, a different place. Hold on. Um they're also so now also there can be government and private companies who now uh, at the executive order will be taking care of our security at home. Yeah, Blackwater. It, well, exactly. <laughs> well, no, exactly. Yeah, you laugh. It's not that funny, dude. Yeah, well, I think a lot of it is uh, just a, uh, a money grab. I don't think there's that much. I mean, I know what they're everyone's. Like, oh, you know, they're setting up FEMA, setting up concentration yeah. yes, camps. Yes, yes, exactly. I'm right there. Detention camps. Yes, indeed. Well, yeah. the one thing you cannot deny, Mr. Dvorak, the financial system in the United States is about to end. You can't deny that. It's <laughs> about to end. I mean, you know, if we, if we were sitting here having this chat in uh, around 1885, I could see the conversation going exactly being almost identical. Right, and, and what happened in 1885? Have, by the way, we could also have the conversation around 18, uh, you know, when eight when when the Civil War broke out in 1860-ish, mm-hmm. um, the um, the government, the despite the fact that the, the coffers were filled with money uh, earlier. Well, they had gold, the, John. There was actual gold involved. Yes. That's the big difference. But the, the U.S. government was, after the Buchanan administration was bankrupt. There was no money in the, the secretary. They gave all them, this Buchanan guy gave all the money to the southern states in, 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 you know, in, in advance of the Civil War. And there was no right. money. In fact, the Civil War, from the northern perspective, had to be financed by Wall Street, which is how Wall Street became as big as, I mean, or began the, the march right. of Wall Street toward running everything. Right. And it, essentially, there's a number of books written about it, about how, you know, Wall Street banked the Civil War to keep the you know to keep the country together. Yeah, but John, uh, hold on a second. There's a so couple of variables here. So I can see this paranoid conversation happening back then. Yeah, but there's a couple of big variables. A, we're totally dependent upon oil for everything we do, everything we do in our life, which oh by the way is pretty hold damn on a expensive. I, I, 
Wait a minute. I got to have my glass of oil here to drink. Hold on. There we go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, what's your computer made of, dude? Any plastic in there? I use a wooden computer. <laughs> <laughs> With stone hard drive, damn it. Solid state. No, so there's a huge variable in there of oil, of the dollar being the currency of oil. You know, that's, you know, uh, were we at war in the... We were about to go to war, but we hadn't been fighting a war for five years, which has been bleeding us dry. There was actual gold, and yeah, it was still, even though it was in the southern states, the money was still in the country. You know, now it's all in China. China's, that's, I figured it out, man. China is sitting there on, <laughs> listen, China's sitting on trillions of dollars. They're saying, holy they crap, this shit isn't worthless. Let's go buy oil. So they're just like buying oils, like stockpiling this shit as much as they can to get rid of these dollars. And well, you know about the big the the this this is this is a great a great theory. Um, you know about the secret meeting of the house that happened but on you, March thirteenth. You're 13th? getting weirder by the week. Yeah, you know I know. That, right? I know. My wife okay. was actually looking up the uh, the term schizophrenic the other day. Yeah. Christina told me. She said, "Hey, mom and I were looking up schizophrenic on the computer." I said, "Why?" She said, because mom's afraid you might be one. <laughs> I said, no kidding. I said, absolutely. I said, I cop to it. Guilty as charged. I'm completely schizophrenic. Yeah, maybe you think I'm I'm growing weirder, and uh, and maybe I am, or maybe I'm just seeing what's going on, John. I mean, I, yes, I'm it, way it, into it, this shit. Okay, well, go on with what you discovered. Okay. Well, so really, I've been focusing all my attention around the finances. That that's the main thing. I mean, look look at what's going on. Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac. Completely now subsidized by the tax-paying uh, American, completely, um, and with seemingly no limit. Uh, they just so uh, Monday is is a huge earnings day, so we're going to find out how everything's going. But I guarantee you, it's not going to be too great. Um, we have uh, so the oil is still at one hundred and you know one hundred and twenty plus dollars. We're Everyone is bankrupt. The banks are literally bankrupt. We had another bank failure. The Bank of Florida failed uh, yesterday, uh, now taken over by the FDIC. Um, there is no gold to back anything up. Um, there's all kinds of hanky-panking going on between these central banks now. Uh, the European Central Bank has also opened up an, a, a 50 or has extended their 50 billion dollar line to 55 billion dollars for uh to support the federal reserve there's all kinds of shady shit going on and i i i just think that the the money part is absolutely happening the money you know, the dollar is just is about to fall down i just don't see how it how it can go any other way what what possibly can prop up the value of this uh, oil prices can fall, and uh, the, the international money traders can start pumping the dollar back to where it belongs. It's all done by these by these traders. The whole thing's a scam. Okay, so so take me through it. So oil prices fall. Let's say they have control over that, which I believe. So oil prices fall to let's just make it real easy, John. Fifty dollars a barrel. That'd be nice. What's going to happen to the dollar then, and why? I think the dollar is going to go up because it's just almost like a teeter totter. The dollar should go up the other way, and because essentially, when you have cheap uh, energy, you have uh, your cost of production goes down and makes everything makes it makes the 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 base value of the country higher because you, your cost of energy. In other words, you, it, it's a net gain 
I mean, when you have to pay more to manufacture something because right. of the cost of oil, if the cost of oil goes down, the, 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 your profit goes up. And so be, everything becomes more. Oh, did the numbers all change? The, 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 uh, the, the, uh, the financials all change. The, the, the profits go up. The stocks go up. Okay. The, all right. All I got you. So here we are. You know. So oil and is by now. The way, by the way, by the way, when things start to heat up, which they have to do if the oil prices finally drop to where they belong, then the Fed has to raise interest rates a little bit. And when you raise interest rates, that make, makes the, the, everything more attractive to outside investors because they want high interest rate uh, right. countries. Okay, so that's another, so let me, on that and point. And the dollar goes up. So, but, so but we're that's back another to point. But that's another point. So right now, the interest rate in the U.S. is at 2%. The interest rate in Europe is 4.25%. The interest rate in the U.K. is 5%. Yeah. So that means there's a tremendous outflow of money right now from the U.S. going into the U.K., I presume. You're some well, Europe, but a lot of U.K. That would be a logical thing to assume. Right. Um, which, of Even course... My, it's just, you know, a lot of it's just, you know, so, transactions right, so on the computer. I got something... Yes, it is. It's all... Well, none of it's actual money. That's the beauty of it. So oil is now back up to $125, uh, and that's of uh, as of yesterday, closing yesterday. Um, that's the end. By the way, your two hundred dollar thing is not going to happen. Well, I spoke to uh, my friend at Halliburton yesterday <laughs> uh, at a subsidiary of Halliburton, and I said, "Could you please tell me what does it actually cost to get the oil, one barrel of oil, out of the ground?" And he said, "I'll give you four prices." Well, actually, as I give you two prices, and I'm going to tell you what it is today. He said, "So um, a couple of years ago, it cost two dollars a barrel." To get it out of a desert, it cost about $20 a barrel to get it out of water, so out of the North Sea. So he says now, he says, I can't give you the exact prices of what it costs to take the money out, but he says that the, re the, the problem within the oil industry is that there is there are no resources. They can't get enough people. He gave me an example of uh, a derrick, you know, a crane they use. That uh, three years ago would have cost a hundred thousand dollars a day. He says today it is almost five million dollars a day to hire the exact same Derek Crane that only cost a hundred grand a couple of years ago. There's a and and then he says that's because of the demand of China. China just wants all the oil they can get, and he says that they're stockpiling it and therefore throwing the dollar back. And we're getting fucked. I know it, John. I can feel it. You can, you know, they can only stockpile so much. There's only so many tanks, unless they make the whole country a tank farm. Well, they got those freighters circling around. You know, there's lots of freighters well, out there filled with oil. You can't build the ships fast. At some point, they yeah, all and fill you know up. And there's also a, a shortage of ships? Yes, because they're all filled up with oil floating around. But these things are full. This thing is about to blow. I'm telling you, this collapse is going to be, and it, there's going to be all this people running around. They're waving their arms in a circle, and they're going to be, oh my God, what the hell happened? How did this happen? What? Uh, how come did we weren't told this was going to happen? You know, and all this kind of thing because it's like going to happen so quick. You know, these collapses do that. It's a bubble. Uh, it's just obvious. That's okay. Okay. So now, so now we'll shift back back to the financial system, where now the subprime mortgages, these banks have raised money, um, and it turns out the money they raised wasn't even enough to cover the losses they're now reporting. And now the prime mortgages, people are walking away. There's reports everywhere of you know prime mortgage rates, which or prime mortgages, which are supposed to be you know, like good, 
now people are defaulting on those. I mean, it just seems well, like they, we're in a, in a meltdown. You know, I'm just telling people, here's the deal, the way I see it. Okay. We have a, pop, a public, especially here in California, that couldn't get a house like 10 years ago, five years ago, even just a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And now we have this market collapsing. And so now the prices are down. They're off typically 20%. Yeah, it's going to be a lot more. No. It no? can't be a lot more because there's a there's a population issue here and a shortage. And if you take a look at the housing starts, there's none. The housing start chart is done. There's nobody building anything new. And the people are having babies. People are getting older. There is a demographic shift toward California. There's no question that there's going to be a shortfall of places to live. Most people are renting or whatever. Meanwhile, these are the same people that bitched and moaned and groaned, and they do have incomes, that they couldn't get a place and they had to get in line. And you were, and people were buying over what the offering price was. There was like an auction system going on here in California, where you'd put your house up for seven hundred thousand dollars and sell it for nine hundred, right. or you put your house up for one point two and sell it for right. one point four. So, now it's like you put it up for one point two and you're lucky to get eight hundred. But there's no buyers. You know, this is the typical herd mentality out here. It seems well, to me on, that if hold I on, hold on, there's, there's no I one that can get a mortgage. Buying. No one can get yeah. a mortgage anymore. No one's writing out mortgages, John. You can't get a mortgage today. Doesn't that seem like the whole thing's kind of rigged in some way, shape, or form for some odd reason? Yeah, it's rigged. Well, if if it's rigged, then we're we're going to pay for it regardless because the we're just printing money to to bail out banks left and right. I'm just saying, people should be scrounged. I mean, there's the, the the whether or not you. Yeah, okay, there is a problem getting the money from these guys because they've been, you know, throwing it away, and now they won't give you any, and now the prices are good. But it seems to me that you can find a way to get some money, or at least do something to get into some of these cheap houses, which are, you know, a lot of them are being, you know, there's some real good deals out here. All right. So first of all, the same is happening here, and. Um and Patricia and I went looking for a house the other day, and we had realtors literally come out of their of their uh, stores. You know, here in the UK on the high street, they have like fifteen realtors on every corner, and they were actually you know we're just like, browsing in the window, and they come out. They're like, oh, oh, it's just around the corner here. I've got the keys, and oh, the, the guy's negotiable. Like a bunch you can of nightclubs in no, North Beach. Seriously, in the 60s. The guys, yeah, and the ladies like, um, we're, we haven't even we're halfway between the, their place and and. The, and the house we're going to look at, and she's like, oh, you can take 25% off the asking price right off the top. We haven't even looked at the place yet. And she's already knocking it down. It was amazing. So, um, have you ever heard of Lyndon LaRouche? Oh, everybody knows Lyndon LaRouche. Yes. What is his background? Uh, Lyndon LaRouche is like a... a um He's an economist. You know, it's hard to say. He's, you know, he's like he used to. He ran for president a couple of times, and there's a, and he has a bunch of characters who are his followers. That some of them get a lot of ink. In fact, I've linked to one of them on my blog recently because it's something he was doing. Uh, he is kind. We don't know whether he's a Nazi or a libertarian or a communist. I mean, his his politics are skewed. He's very much into your way of thinking in terms of the conspiracies and the crackpot shit going on. And he has a lot of good stories to tell. But it's the but he's got that he's got that demeanor 
of a guy who won't let anyone get a word in edgewise, uh, won't go back and forth with questions and answers. Uh, he's just a lecturer, and there's a bunch, and all, most of the people from his camp are that way. Now that said. Uh, they're a funny group. I mean, they're, I mean, I love reading their stuff. Uh, there's always something in there that's kind of interesting, but it, there's always, you know, but it tends to be written in a propagandistic style, which always makes me suspicious. So what I'd, I'd appreciate you doing is, uh, if you have any time over the weekend, he's, he did a, uh, an international webcast from Washington, D.C. on July 22nd, um, where, and it's funny you say all that because, um, uh, he also came across at times to me as somewhat anti-Semitic, uh, certainly anti-British, uh, which was funny. Um, he, but he, oh, he did have a couple of interesting things to say about George Soros, which I learned a lot about and how he fits into the global financial picture. But anyway, he, he did this webcast, which is about, uh, 35, 40 minutes. And then actually he answers uh, about 10 questions. Um, I, we're not going to say he actually answers every question. He goes into a little, uh, soliloquy as he's answering each one, but it was really interesting. Um, and it, well, basically he's saying for, it's over. He said, it's done. Uh, forget it. Yeah, the do, the dollars, know. the dollars going to zero. So here's his theory. <laughs> the dollars going to zero. No, no, he, I like that. Here's See, his, this is the mistake. These no, no, no. Guys he, he didn't say, he didn't say literally the dollars going to zero. He didn't say yeah. that's, that's my paraphrasing. But he said the, do, the dollars going to collapse. He said, and then we're going to go straight into the, of course, here comes the Amero and the North American Union, and then we'll have electronic money. We won't actually have uh, paper money anymore. Yeah. Yeah, we, right. Yeah, well, I'm just, I'm just saying, John, just saying. So you don't think it's going to be all that bad? It's all... It's, I think the dollar's already collapsed. That's the point yes well it's been collapsing uh, for the whole system's been collapsing for 25 yeah. years and now it's bottoming out i mean you know these things don't go on to you know people think that when things are going well like the market's going up it's going up it's going up it's going to go to infinity it never does it goes and whoa it craps out and when things are going down especially when it's near the bottom they think it's going to keep going down when it's obviously bottoming out i had a friend of mine who's a stockbroker who you know is actually owns a, a brokerage and he's going singing the blues to me and he's going on and on about how horrible things are getting, and they're horrible. And, the, and he's, you know, the same stuff you're saying. And I'm thinking this guy's like in the business. And then I said, "Well, I think it's bottoming." I said, and he, he said, "No, here's this." And he, everything he described to me sounds like a bottom. Uh, it was like you know, the, the, all the banks, you know, the, all these banks are busted. Uh, yeah. Fannie Mae, everything. But what after Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and all the rest of them go, you know, into receivership or whatever. Well, no, that's they the end thing. Up. There is no receivership. We'll just what, keep printing money. I mean, we'll gonna, just keep printing the money, which every I, single dollar no, you print bullshit. is devaluing it's, them. Is what do you mean? That's bullshit. So they're going to be knocking on the door. Dvorak, give us your money. No, this no. is how bad it's going to be. No, what's going to happen, John, is this is all going to come down right at the moment that once again I'm coming to San Francisco, and not only are they going to take my laptop from me, they're going to throw me in the fucking jail, and they're going <laughs> to, and they're, then they're going to throw me in one of these goddamn camps they've been building, and you'll never hear from me again. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> well, let me make a note. <laughs> Thanks, buddy, <laughs> my my pal. So here's hey, a guy. Curry, he, man. Yeah, dude, I haven't heard from him. He's a Gitmo, <laughs> man. Getting waterboarded. Listen. So this is obviously an intelligent guy. You, you're telling, you're telling me you. I mean, you haven't been in his business necessarily. Wait, 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 wait. Your wait, wait, friend wait, wait. who owns a brokerage. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Well, no, he's like the rest of these guys. When you're in it, you know, every, you know, so if you're a foot doctor, all, everything you see is a foot. So it's like, you know, there's all this thing is this bad stuff, and they think it's going to be nothing, get, just getting get worse. But that's, you know, he's like a typical momentum guy, which is, uh, you know, brokers tend to be. If things are going well, they're going to go well forever. If things are going bad, they're going to get worse. I mean, that's all I'm thinking. I just think, I think you're over. And I think we're at the bottom. I think it's I think bottom, you're oversimplifying. No, I think you're oversimplifying one thing, and that is that Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac have an open door to the printing press. That you just can't deny. That's fundamentals. If you keep on propping up those two, you know, five trillion dollar debt companies, you know, with with money that you're essentially printing, it, it, that just devalues the dollar even more. Am I wrong? It's a, that amount of money that you just mentioned is a spit in the bucket in terms of the what you know making the dollar move one way or the other. It's not that much. Really? I mean, if it was you know ten trillion, yeah, I'd say well. That well, could then, be what's an the issue. difference? Between, okay, five and ten, big deal. So, but look, essentially, here's here's how it went down. This is no, what, the, I understand. what the American I government argue, there's, what there's the American government did. Hold, hear me out. Is very much what Enron did. They had all, basically, they have all these off-book transactions. And Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are off-book. They're not on the on the United, or they weren't on the U.S. books. You know, it wasn't a liability or an asset, but they were kind of implicitly guaranteed. And now that's come to fruition, something no one would, thought would ever really happen. And that means that we have to continue to prop these companies up. And so, you know, 5 million, 10 million, if 10 million does move the, the needle, but 5 million doesn't, I mean, it's going to move the needle somewhat. It's got to make a difference. Uh, I don't know. Yes, yeah, see, I think it's all. I think we're. All, I think it's all been taken. I think it's all been taken into account. I'm really convinced. If I think if the stock market hits ten thousand, that's the absolute bottom. It would be nice if it did, because that's what I've been hoping it would do. Uh, that would be the absolute bottom, and from there, the thing is going to skyrocket. I'm telling you, we're going to. We got a boom. 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 Times ahead. It better be. I mean, that's what my whole book thesis is based on. A, a, a <laughs> boom times boom. ahead. Boom yeah. times ahead, but not for long, but I'm just saying. So you're about the only ahead. guy. So 2012 is your boom time? Is that is that when it's no, all no, boom? No, no, no. We're in a full-blown depression in 2012. Uh, no, next year I think we're going to have a pretty pretty solid uh so, okay, so how about the U.S. auto manufacturing companies who just reported $15.5 billion of losses? We already have... You know, uh, really high unemployment. That's going to put another hundred thousand people into an unemployment when these companies yeah, fail because we like make shit cars. That's the bottom when people have no money. The gas prices are three and a half to four <laughs> well, bucks. That's not the they got top. no food. <laughs> it's not the top. No, it's definitely not the top. But I mean, the bottom—that's like disaster, John. I mean, and, and then how do you climb out of that? What do we do? We don't make anything except war stuff. Well, I guess we can make more. We can make more, more war stuff. stuff. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Make. Well, by the way, I think we could we could totally use that war stuff to do other cool things with. I mean, <laughs> you know, well, we can make stickers. airlines are going out of business every single day, John. They're literally going. You know, the the, the, the president of KLM said this week. He said, "Oh, you know, if Martinair doesn't get bought, they're going to go be bankrupt." And yeah. Th well, there's too many airlines out there anyway. Yeah. Oh, how many airlines do you need? Dude, there's a lot of people traveling and this is a lot. A lot of the economy depends upon that, particularly in, in a in a continent like Europe where you know we do business 
in different countries all the time. Get on the train. <laughs> so not to change the subject, <clears throat> but I was thinking about this. Public transportation in the United States. <clears throat> so uh, I wanted to take a train from uh, the Bay Area to Seattle. Yeah. You, okay. Yeah, I'm listening. Now, here's what I... So I, so I can drive to Seattle from San Francisco, and it takes about 14 hours. And it costs maybe about 150 bucks in gas, depending. Maybe a little more. Maybe. Now, I could take the train to Seattle, and it takes 24 hours. Wow. Now, it seems to me that public transit, and it costs more. Yeah. And, I, and I've been noticing that most public transportation, people moan and groan, oh, public transportation in the United States, you know, we need to put more of it in, we need to do this, we need to do that. How about making the ones that we already have in somewhat efficient? I made the calculation on the Amtrak train from uh, the Emeryville or Oakland station to Seattle, and based on the amount of time it takes to get from here to there, and it stops every so often, it goes 39 miles an hour. Right. This is an am. This is a you know a passenger train. If it went twice as fast or eight, or averaged eighty miles an hour, it would get there in twelve hours, which would beat the car. Probably cost the same amount of money, and you'd have a very interesting business case for leaving on a red eye or on a sleeper car at ten at night and getting into Seattle at nine thirty or ten in the morning. Nice, nice and fresh, yeah. Refresh and to ready to do business as opposed to jumping on. If you had to get a 10 o'clock meeting in Seattle from San Francisco, you'd have to get on a 730 flight. Actually, you wouldn't even make it. You'd have to get on a 630 flight. You'd be up there about 830, and then you'd be in Seattle from the airport around 915, maybe 9. And But you'd be all beat up. Yeah. And uh, But, you know, it's like... So the reason that, why that doesn't happen, John, is because all these commercial companies of this privatized uh, transportation, they're also all leveraged out their ass. They've also played the game. they got no money to invest in this shit, nor do they care. Boy, you're a pill today. I am. I, I really am. It's the schizophrenic side is coming out. I don't think so. The others, think the others. The, you're like this all the time. I guess what people don't get. Well, you know, no, I because I worry about this stuff, John. I really do. All you well, know, just because you all the all crazy this money. shit. But, I, but <laughs> no, it. You know what? I really don't give a shit. Although I am, I have ordered gold. <laughs> so I want, I want physic. I want some bars of gold. Damn it! I want to I hold on it. to them. What are you paying an ounce for it right now? Uh, I don't know. What is it? Nine hundred bucks, something like that. It's too high. Anyway, so. Uh, all right, what else do we want to talk about? I don't want to bore people stiff with our half-baked economic philosophies. <laughs> uh, you call them half-baked. Okay, they that's are, all right. They're half-baked. We don't know what we're talking about. Uh, the, the, the other, the, I mean, I do know just what because, I'm talking about. Just when because I, I get, the train's you know, you know 39 what? miles an hour, I made the calculation. Right, okay. And all I'm saying is because these companies, of course you're right. Of course you're right. I mean, we've got trains that go 300 miles an hour. You know, yeah. That, that shit's good. Yeah, but, you know. There's no money I mean, can to you put imagine that. Imagine a 300 mile an hour train. The thing is, they you know they want to do a high speed train from San Francisco to Los Angeles, and now they're gonna you know they have all these initiatives. The problem is, there's a huge mountain in between San Francisco and Los Angeles on the other side of the San Fernando Valley. It's, it's a huge. In fact, it snows down there on this mountain. Mm. It's a mountain that most of our mountains go up and down. You know, uh, longitudinally or uh, yeah, up and down. You know, like north south. And this is an east west 
bunch of hills that called the grapevine and you, it's a it's a you got to drive over it so it's like painful and there's no way they can get a train a high-speed train to shoot over the top and they're not going to drill a hole through it so uh, that high-speed train to la is not going to happen let's like get, they might be able to skirt skirt the, the coast maybe whatever the point is is that uh there isn't there's not as much of an issue going Although there is, a, a, you know, there is kind of in uh, Oregon. There's a couple of uh, hills. Anyway, I which just is why think airplanes that, are so beautiful, man, because they do get you there. No mountains aren't yeah, the problem. No, you know, a 300 mile an hour train has its appeal. You go to the train, you know, you get people who don't go to Europe much. The listeners on this side of the water, and you know, they don't, and they haven't been on these trains. I mean, you go to, and then you have to. There's two things you have to understand. One, the trains aren't always going 300 miles an hour. In fact, they clunk along a lot at low speeds, and then they hit the track, and they hit, they turn it up, but. These trains are con- more convenient in with if you're doing a trip that's less than like say a couple hundred miles. Yeah. Uh, but the, and the, but they are great. I mean the, the the train down to Brussels as an example, ah, it's fantastic. Yeah. And they you know they have a speedometer up on the wall. You can look at it and see how fast you're going. It's kind of fun. <laughs> And the problem I have with the high-speed trains in Europe is that because they're on these dedicated tracks when they're going at high speeds, the tracks are, tend to be buried in a gully, and so you can't you don't get a view of anything, especially the ones in France that you think the train. Yeah, there's from, there's literally walls on each side. I think isn't it like cement walls or something? In in, in a lot of situations, yeah. there are yeah. because it keeps people from and cows, I guess, from going getting on the suck, track. Yeah, from getting sucked in. Yeah. One of those, yeah, right. One of those fuckers goes by, man. You're like, you're going to get sucked along. So the, um, so you go to from Paris to Bordeaux in a high speed train. Yeah, it doesn't take very long, but it's like you don't see anything. It's like the boringest ride ever. Yeah. Don't they yes. have in seat video? I think some of them do. I don't, yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah. They should. Well, I mean, you know, I don't remember. I don't just, remember seeing. Just turn on the hypno box, man. It's like that makes everyone. <laughs> but the point is, is that the, the regular, actually, the regular old trains, the, the the trains that don't go as fast, but they still do a hundred plus miles an hour, uh, are better, are more fun. There's if you video, like looking out the window. There's a video somewhere of some kid on YouTube. I should find that again. Um, and he actually uh, uh, hitches a ride on the back of one of these bullet trains, and he has like these, uh, you know, the um, the suction cups they use to carry big panes of glass. Yeah. So he uses though, and he the, both of the he has two, and he suctions himself onto the back uh, of one of these bullet trains, and he rides along. He's got a helmet cam on. It's a and this he was like terminally ill, I think, and so he he wanted to do something cool before he died <laughs> to kill himself. Well, no, he didn't. He didn't kill himself. Wow. The, result, the result was the same, except we got a great YouTube video out of it. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, I'll, I'll dig that one up. Forget the guy's name. Yeah, I'll send you a link. I'll find it for you. So what did they do? Arrest the guy afterwards, or did they even no, notice? No, 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 no. No, they didn't arrest him. Not that I know of. He, he, was, he was pretty well known for it. Ah. Uh, Gonna make me look, huh. aren't you? I, I it seems to me, it seems to me that uh, he's getting a ride for free. They should at least charge him a fare. <laughs> Here, let's see, bullet train. Bruno the kid, uh, I don't know. I can't remember. So what, it was one of those. It was it was it in Europe, one of the fast trains there. Like yeah, a, yeah, Germany's German, yeah, Germany's bullet train. The I, think, I think this That's is the it. Ice. Hold on, yeah. 
That's the inner cotton, the inner whatever. Yeah, here it is. Before he died from leukemia, the train rider enjoyed the last year of his life by surfing on trains, including Germany's fastest high-speed train ice with a top speed of 330 kilometers per hour. That's a nice train, by the way. I've been on the ice a couple of times, and it's... uh, In fact, if you go to the Seabit show... Most people stay out out of town, and it always takes you about an hour to get into the uh, Hanover. And the smart money stays in Hamburg, which is actually the furthest away. But there is a uh, uh, a one hour ice train that runs from hand uh, from Hamburg and stops at the show, which is, and it leaves like every twenty minutes. You so notice, like you notice how today you're telling the people uh, listening to this show, you're telling them all about European stuff, and I'm telling them all about American stuff. <laughs> you're trying to you're trying to, to deflect to the attention away or something. Yeah, really. You're trying to deflect the attention away from the failing United States of America. You just think you just think I'm a kook. You watch, I man. Got, I got my I got right here. I got my orders. Okay. Let's see. Here it says, uh, okay, this week, John, you are required to talk mostly about Europe. Take the it, take the emphasis right here. Take the emphasis off the troubles here in the U.S. <laughs> Who sent this and, in? <laughs> and then it has about three or four other little talking points. And then this came, you know, this comes in uh, by by a special red line fax, which is something you know not too many people know about. It's your official talking points. Here's what we're doing, guys. Oh man, did, did you uh, have you been following that story about the anthrax guy? Oh, that's a that's a real interesting story. I that's love good. stories like that. Yeah. So this this so what, this is the guy who was he was about to be accused of being involved with the anthrax the anthrax letters that uh, were sent out after nine eleven. Although he'd already been. Uh, acquitted of of that charge and have been paid five million dollars in damages. No, 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 no. That's no, no. That's the that was another guy that that they actually named publicly as a person of interest and they ruined his reputation. He's the one. Oh, it's a different guy. It. Yeah, this is a different guy. Oh, okay. So they were going to get this guy who, oh, by the way, was in the government. I mean, at the end of the day, it's coming from the government if it came from him. Uh, and, and there was an article Friday in the L.A. Times, I believe, where he said, oh, yeah, you know, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be indicted or. And then he uh, kills himself. Yeah. He suicides Suspicious. himself. He was suicided. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With Tylenol, yeah, so. Tylenol and codeine, please. Massive <laughs> quantities. Here's a guy who knows how to put anthrax together and he's going to kill himself. And let me think, how? what's the best way? Oh, I'm going to eat 15 bottles of Tylenol. <laughs> Right, and the, and if I don't kill myself, then I'm going to be in dialysis for the rest of my life. I mean, really, that makes that, that's yeah, way to go. Really credible suicide. Yeah, that was a yeah. Well, the other thing about that, if you're gonna, if you were, if it was an assassination, um, which of course is what we all presume. Well, we do, uh, being the nutballs that we are. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you're in on this one with me, John. That's cool. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, Welcome this one, aboard. This one has, Welcome this one to has, the Pleasure Dome. <laughs> <laughs> this, one, uh, this one has, you know, crackpot has conspiracy. has CIA all over it, doesn't it? So, uh, so the guy, it seems to me that the guy would have, like, been shot himself in the head with a, left a suicide note, and it would have been set up better if it was done professionally. Yeah, so I'm a little leery about, I think it was probably, it may have been done by a co-worker, or may, maybe the guy did kill him, I don't know. No, it, it was, massive, it was very ma- slick. massive quantities of Tylenol. I mean, that's not like, it, so, someone doesn't just kill you with that, you know? 
it doesn't make sense. Of course not. I mean, of course, of course, it could have been the uh, the autopsy could have been uh, rigged. But the th- the whole thing is like just you know, it makes you shake your head. It's like it's either an amateur hour version or maybe not. You know, maybe this is the new way to do things, which is to make it look like a incompetent guy. You know, kill him. I mean, I don't know. I mean, who knows what the thing? You know is. what I think? Uh, I, I I think we talked about this maybe last week. Um, I think they finally figured out that there's so you know, there's so much media, there's so many crackpots like us. Um, that it's better just to do something really, really wacky so that people can come up with all these conspiracies because then you can always just discredit them as being nut jobs. I mean, that's the easiest way. It seems you so know, obvious. You might be, you might have nailed it. That's yeah. a possibility. And I would think, let's say I, I was in the assassination squad of some agency and it doesn't necessarily have to be one of ours. <laughs> You might get to the point where, you, I mean, it could be Russian. I mean, it could be Chinese. I mean, you don't know who this guy, you know, any of the connections here. Well, let, let me, let me have, give you, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I'm just going to say, we, we don't really know the, what, we don't know the real story here and we never will. But let's just say that you were into some, you know, this guy was taken out. What, what, what point do you do so many of these things that you say, hey, I got an idea. Let's try this one out and see what they think. <laughs> yeah, they're just experimenting. Let's see how, how many bloggers come up with shit about this one. Here, <laughs> let's say we, he, he died of massive amounts of uh, Tylenol. Yeah, with codeine. Yeah. <laughs> Please. This guy was a scientist. He had access to anthrax. He knew about how, how that shit worked. Uh, Why, wouldn't he just like have a little lick of his own shit? Well, you know, if you're in a big lab, having worked in one, and I'm not going to give away too many secrets, but there's some stuff in there. Yeah, you can kill you, yourself immediately. If you wanted to kill yourself, it would be fast and painless. Absolutely. That's, and it's been, it's just, and it's right there. I mean, it's right there in the lab. You can just go over there and, you know, in some cases you might have to check it out. You know, but what difference does it make? Okay, I checked out the bottle of XYZ. You know, you just take a little dab and put it on your tongue and boom, <laughs> that's it. You know, so, so, so there's an this interesting, makes no sense. Well, there's an interesting case over here. Have you ever heard of Jill Dando of the Jill Dando murder? No, never heard of Jill Dando. Jill Dando was the darling of British television in the, uh, in the nineties. Uh, and I'm not quite sure how, how, you know, how, how early on she started, but she she was huge. She was um, uh, just you know beautiful, uh, perfect perfect woman. And she could do all you know news serious news programs, but she could do other entertainment type shows. Fantastic. She gets shot one day in London, right in her forehead, uh, in front of her home, and uh, so they wind up convicting a guy. Uh, and so they had no evidence. They had no murder weapon. They had no motive. They had one guy who had like a, an, a 75 IQ um, who had been lurking around, you know, uh, clearly mentally di- uh, disabled, retarded person. And um, he was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. So they convicted this guy. They just let him go. They exonerated him um, uh, the other day, like two days ago, uh, after his uh, case went back to trial and he was found not guilty. And so now everyone's starting to say, you know, where did this one come from? And so this is really interesting. Um, first, it was a, uh, you know, so whenever they switch police chiefs on this kind of stuff, that's when you got to be kind of wary. Uh, so there's like a new police chief. And then it, instead of a, a, a Russian caliber 
you know, like nine millimeter weapon that it sh- that she'd been killed with. It was all of a sudden it was an English Browning, and they're thinking that maybe it had to do with the it was retaliation for the Bosnian War when the U.S. and U.K. jets uh, bombed a television station, and so then they decided they'd take out you know a couple of our TV people. And there's all kinds of crazy theories whizzing around about this one. Wow. Yeah. That's good. That's good. That's bloggable. Oh, it's very bloggable. It's 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 fascinating stuff. So this woman was assassinated. Yeah, right. I mean, she was shot right in her forehead. Boom. You know, like right in the middle. Yeah, by a pro. Yeah, except, you know, they get the retarded the retarded guy walking around, you know? <laughs> right, the retarded guy. Okay, yeah, who, can we, who, who can we stick this on? Yeah. Hey, look at that guy. He's an idiot. <laughs> no, they probably, like, probably, like, positioned him. Like, hey, stand here for a second, buddy. Don't move. <laughs> Boom. I'm telling you, it's crazy. You know, I, I wonder if it's a random act of violence or a random assassination. But generally speaking, when you see those things, that, you know, and it, when it all shakes out in the end, there's always turns out to be some reason the person was selected. So there has to be something. She maybe there. I don't know. Maybe she was connected to somebody, or she said something, or I don't know. What do you think? Does anyone? What's the theory over there? Can't be just something that simple. Is just well, we're you know you bombed our TV station, so we're going to shoot your anchor. Yeah, there's a couple of different stories, and and I've I've only uh, kind of glanced through them, but uh, I think she might so, have been she might have been doing one. There might have been a profile piece that she was doing, a journalistic piece. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. I I haven't really gone down the rabbit generally hole speaking, yet. Generally speaking, TV people aren't really journalists; they're just talking heads. Yep, and they don't do that much original reporting. Although you know, now having said that, I'll get two or three notes. Oh yes, we do. You know, yeah, they do. You know, Dan Rather always has. I've always liked Dan Rather for that. Yeah, well, he's been a bigger, better reporter than anything else. I think he was always a better reporter than he was a anchor, uh, and he's still doing it, uh, even though he's ninety. No, he's not you know, ninety. He looks like it. He's, <laughs> he's not uh, ninety. He's got a. You know, the bad thing about Rather, which you, you can't unfortunately, I don't know if he had Botox or what, but he doesn't seem to be able to move his face. So he has this kind of like. He's he, kind of he, stiff. He, well, he looks like he's stuffed. As a matter of fact, he just sits there with this blank look, and you know he asks the right questions and he gets the right you know and he does some really good stuff on this HD net. You know, Mark Cuban yeah, has yeah, his yeah. channel. It does he, like really in depth pieces, right? Some really expensive stuff. Yeah, he does the old fashioned expensive reporting where you have to actually you know spend a lot of money bringing yeah. a whole crew around the world. You know, and you know he's not going on co- in coach <laughs> and. Uh, and so he does this expensive style, old-fashioned reporting that nobody can afford. And it's always really interesting, but of course it has the same impact it's always had. None. Uh, you know, he did a thing on all the border wars and the and the drug dealing along the U.S.-Mexican border. And, and no, the, because, it, yeah, because you know, if, it's, if it's not on all the networks at the time for at least the 24-hour news cycle and on the, the, the news networks and then all the newspapers, it just it didn't happen. Right. So you have a, a, a very small segment of the population. I don't know how many people watch HDNet, uh, but it's I'm not, not sure it's as not many big. that watch NBC, I can assure you. Uh, you know, so yes, a few people that know about this stuff and whatever, and rather did his job. So I thought th- this is something you probably, uh, you might have blogged, this major discovery from MIT that's going to unleash the solar revolution. <laughs> yeah, I blogged it. It's a fraud. Well, what it is, it's the hydroxy booster. It's the, it's the exact same system that I'm using my car now. That's why that's why it really caught my eye because it's basically using uh, a solar panel to create electricity 
then create, then use hydrolysis to create hydrogen and then store that hydrogen, which of course is, it's a gas. You can store it. Yeah. Yeah. You can store it. Good luck. Well, why do you say it's a fraud? I mean, this is uh, this isn't big it's news. It's like it's a it's no, it's a bullshit story. <laughs> what are you, I was all excited. You're like harsh in my mouth. Well, you got anything that's got to do with hydrogen seems to get you all. No, no. I mean, here's MIT By with the a way, quote major discovery. I should mention the people out there that hydrogen is extremely difficult to store. Uh, it does it leaches through. I mean, you have to have really thick. All you tanks. need is a blimp. <laughs> They store great in Zeppelins. <laughs> yeah, it leaked out of those things too. That's the problem. It, it, it's the, the atom is so small that it'll it can actually go through steel and come out the other side, uh, and it does that. And in fact, I used to work uh, when I was an air pollution inspector. We used to inspect one of the companies over here in Richmond that had a big <laughs> giant globe of hydrogen. <laughs> Uh, it was this monstrous tank of hydrogen because they used it to hydrogenate oils, yeah. uh, which, of course, is the pump uh, hydrogen. Do you know what they say? Polyunsaturated. You know, oh, we need poly. They take polyunsaturated oil and polyunsaturated means it's not saturated with hydrogen. And so um, then they saturate it. <laughs> yeah. OK. Got it. Gotcha. So, you, so you take a polyunsaturated oil uh, like a safflower oil and then you pump it up with hydrogen and you can make this kind of ersatz margarine out of it. But this is, now it's got a bunch of this stuff pumped in there. The guy told me, by the way. Really? Wait, can, wait, wait, wait. You make margarine from hydrogen? No, no. You use the hydrogen to to pump, you use the hydrogen to saturate the oil. Uh-huh. With hydrogen, in so, over with some catalysts, and it's a, it's a process. But the hydrogen is the key, and that creates and margarine. It create yeah. Well, it makes the oil. Th- yeah, it does basically. Okay. Essentially, cool. Anyway, so um, it's a weird process, but it's, a, it's that's boiled down to its you know basics. But anyway, the guy says that they can pump enough hydrogen into the, any of these oils that are, you know, these healthy oils. And he says we could actually turn it into a brick if we wanted to. All right. Like I, just, I just want to make sure of one thing, that on August 2nd, 2008, John C. Dvorak discredits the MIT, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, <laughs> and and says they are, this is a bullshit discovery. <laughs> I can I just yeah. quote you, John. Bullshit yeah. discovery. Yeah, bullshit. Yeah. It's bullshit. bullshit. It's, it's, it's bullshit. What is it intended to do, this bullshit? Just to get MIT on the map again? or? Oh, it's a good publicity stunt. But let me finish my story about the hydrogen. <laughs> okay. So anyway, so they got this huge tank of hydrogen out in, outside. And this is when I first found out about the hydrogen problem with storing it i know i've talked to other people at you know at gas companies you know compression compressed gas companies who also you know told me some things i needed to know about these uh hydrogen powered fuel cell cars Mm -hmm. and how they're never going to ever get them to work because they can't get enough hydrogen stored anyway the point is is that the hydrogen seeps through the tank and and leaches out constantly so essentially hydrogen coming off this thing and every so often they have to have they have like these gauges and and they have to go out and inspect the tanks constantly because occasionally it'll catch on fire (laughs) but it's not like a it's not like it's blowing up or anything it's just it's it's like a wick so the steel itself is actually a wick for the hydrogen and once it catches on fire the hydrogen then gets sucked through the steel and it forms apparently an invisible blue flame all around the dome which can burn for burn for days and have to be really careful because it heats (laughs) up the damn thing no shit and 
and then it could blow up. And so they have to constantly monitor this tank for the leaching hydrogen just to make sure it's not burning. I'm thinking this is horrible, this this whole process. <laughs> okay, but this was how many years ago? You think they've maybe perfected this since then? No. No, they haven't. What, what, what's there to perfect? I don't know. Hydrogen uh, is a small, small atom that can go through anything over time. I mean, it's like, you know, this is the way it is. Now, they, when they compress it a lot and make, it makes it a little more difficult. I don't think it's leaching through necessarily, although I have to talk to an expert, uh, through these tanks, which now on the, on the hydrogen fuel cell cars, these tanks to get as much hydrogen in there as they need, these tanks have got the hydrogen pressurized at 10,000 pounds per square inch oh that's frightening you're driving bomb you're driving a you know this little but you know oh no it's rupture proof (laughs) you know they got they got all brought to you by halliburton it's rupture proof everybody (laughs) so they got these rupture proof tanks and there's a whole bunch of them in these cars to get enough because you know there's some magic number they have to get the the things to go in one full fueling they want the car to go 350 miles or 300 miles i used to know i don't know what the number is now but it's something higher than they can do and uh, without making you know a million tanks in there it's impractical at you know at some point uh but meanwhile they got these rupture proof tanks filled with hydrogen at 10,000 pounds per square inch that's the current state of the art it's like it seems to me that these uh systems are uh it's just impractical. I mean, it's it's kind of modern and interesting. But and the other thing, by the way, not to belabor the point, I'm trying to get off the t- topic a little bit. Uh, I've driven these cars. I've driven about five or six different ones because I'm on the list mm-hmm. of the guys who get to look at these cars, and they have they have a showcase of them every so often. They make a horrible sound when you drive them. They make a. <laughs> the, the hydrogen running through the uh, membrane, there's this old-fashioned membrane that, that makes the whole process work, the fuel cell, uh, which is apparently not new. And that's, they, they think if they can make that better, they might be able to make this whole system work better. Uh, but anyway, you drive around. If you gun it, you give it full tilt. You just pump it. You know, you floor it. Uh the thing goes, you know, like a regular car, not quite as fast, I don't think, as a gasoline engine, at least the ones I've driven. Uh, but it goes, you know, takes off, but it starts to make this high-pitched scream. It's kind of like a cat being choked, at, but really loud. And this, and it's like, an, and every one of the cars I've driven makes makes the same noise. And it's like very annoying. It's a screeching, strange screeching sound that is unpleasant. So I asked these guys about it. So what's the deal with the noise? Yeah, well, it's when the hydrogen goes through here and it makes this noise. <laughs> Apparently, it's you know I don't know. I don't like them. Okay. Well, we've learned a lot about hydrogen. A little bit here on Romper Room, and we we've also <laughs> we've also gotten a lot of twitters, by the way, about your hydro whatever the hell Hy- the hydro- hydroxy booster. Yeah, people who say <laughs> it it can't work. It's impossible. It'll never work. Right. Well, there's that. But I sided with you saying that, you know, if you're getting it's possible, it seems to me that if you get this hydrogen and oxygen out of the mix and reintroduce it into the fuel, that it might make the fuel burn more efficiently. It's possible. And you would get you would get a net energy gain. I think that's possible. But but I also agree with the guys who wrote in and there's been a lot of them. It's got to be producing a lot of excess water coming out of the exhaust system and rusting out your tailpipe that that uh is possible i'll have a look 
Um, but I've also, I have also thought about this. I said that, you know, the only other two things that, uh, that are possible here is a, maybe the engine man, and I think you said this, maybe the engine management, um, computer has adjusted itself and just given me, you know, a, a better performance overall because they're so detuned to meet, uh, environmental, uh, specifications. So that's a possibility. The, the onboard computer was definitely mess, messed up when I introduced this uh, hydroxy into it. Um, two, maybe I'm just driving differently, although I did the test on cruise control. You know, you can't always keep it on cruise control, and maybe I didn't, you know, who knows? I mean, there could be a difference there. Um, or indeed, well, you know, what you're saying is it actually has some effect. It might, but the the thing about the computer, I did. A couple guys wrote me uh, mentioning that they had um, <clears throat> used, uh, you know, they had found or they knew people. You know, you can get chips for most of the cars out there. Yeah, you can make it. You can you can really um, lean the mixture or do whatever you, you or, can well lean or you make just make it work better. So it's yeah. not so it's not oriented toward less pollution, but yeah, oriented sense, toward yeah. better performance. Yeah, exactly. He claims, one guy claims that he was getting like, you know, 18 miles of the gallon and then he put in a new chip and he was getting like 30. I, th- I thought that was a bit extreme. I mean, I could see getting a few more miles per gallon, but, but wow. it's possible that people should just be swapping out their computers for the, on these cars and, you know, you know, whatever. It's not environmentally cool, but, you know. <laughs> it's cool though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, this is, when we're paying this much for gasoline, you know, whatever. I must agree so, with you. The Daniel Nocera of MIT, he does look pretty dorky. <laughs> Boy, he's from MIT, for God's sake. They, I mean, you can't. You, actually, there's a, you know, they have, you know about this, right? They have a facial recognition system. That <laughs> MIT? All, all the applicants at MIT, they have to look like dorks or you can't get in. Did you know that? <laughs> no, I didn't know that. <laughs> True. Hey, Jesse Ventura is going to speak at the Big Ron Paul Rally for the Republic. You get his autograph. Why? Here's what I want to do. Here's Why? what. Here's what. I, here's what I want to do. And I, I think because uh, you're going to be the host of this thing. Uh, yeah, not not of the of the of the the second night. I'm in the uh, in the minor leagues at the rally. Well, whatever. You're gonna be, you're gonna get to see Ron Paul and Jesse Ventura. I'm yes, thinking. Of course. Yes. I want you to get me an autographed baseball. <laughs> Why? I decided, I decided that the coolest thing in the world is an autographed baseball because, for one thing, the the ink on the on that skin that's you know the leather is made, but it seems to stay for a long time. And I think I'm going to start collecting uh, autographs, but only on baseballs. And I think it would be cool to have, don't you think it would be cool to have a baseball with like, you know, Ron Paul, just and a whole bunch of people like yeah, that. But, Let me get a baseball but, but, of the Mevio group in San Francisco. Just have everybody sign the baseball. Okay, all right. So then here's an idea for you, John. Why don't you be my guest and come out to the Rally for the Republic, meet some of our friends, and uh, I'll get you in to get, you know, you bring the baseballs, all right? You bring your little bag of your balls, and uh, I'll get you in to get the autographs from uh, Ron Paul and Jesse Ventura. Is this thing on? <laughs> I'm not going to do your dirty work. You start your own collection, damn it. I'm not going to do that for you. Won't even give me a baseball autograph. No I way. Can't. Oh, hi, hi, Dr. Ron. Can I? Uh, can you sign my baseball for my friend John, <laughs> who thinks that I'm a crackpot and we're all crackpots and you're a crackpot? <laughs> I don't think so. 
Judas, no way. Not gonna I might happen. show up. I might come. That, well, I you gotta, let me know. Let me know because I can totally hook you up. Yeah, I'm sure. So, uh, I think there's another convention going on at the same time. Is it when yeah, the Democrat the, the, the Republican going? convention? Oh, is it the Republican convention? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was they were, they were no. He, I thought he said he was doing it at the Dem, during the Democrat con- convention because he didn't no, want to interrupt no, the Republican convention. No, no, he's doing it during the Republican. When's the when's the Democrat convention? I don't know. I don't. Know. It's a, the end of. I don't know. The end of August, I think. Yeah. No. So this is or, sub- no. I think no. Wait a minute. I take it back. I think the Democrat convention has been canceled. No, it hasn't. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, oh. You got to see this. Uh, this Lyndon Larouche. Um, when he talks about Obama, I can't believe you're now just discovering Lyndon Larouche. What can I? What can I tell you? Okay, I'm a Johnny Come Lately. So he has this whole rap on on Obama, which is fascinating. He's like Obama. He's he's working for the for the 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 enemy Britain, the the, the our enemy, which is Britain. If you could only get Lyndon Larouche's accent, because he's got no, no. this weird way of talking. Yeah, he, does. Just, he does. He does. He uh, does. You know what? Uh, that's a guy we need a baseball from, okay? From Lyndon, <laughs> Lyndon LaRouche. So, so he lays right. in, he, he lays in this whole rap about how jo- George Soros has financed uh, and completely programmed and is running Obama. And then uh, you know, and and he's, you know, it's like he's like it's cost three quarters of a billion dollars, uh, and, but you know they're going to get him all the way up to the finish line. And it was only intended to destroy Hillary because he'll never be voted. Um, you know, he'll 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 never get it, be president. Said so it was never intended to be that way, and they're going to destroy him before the uh, uh, before the elections. I, I don't know if that's before he's uh, uh, the official Democrat Democratic candidate. No, but, it'd have to be after because if the whole thing was to get at Hillary, right, it would have to be after. Wouldn't right, play ball, right, 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 Wouldn't play ball, right, with exactly, the British, exactly. And then it would have to be after. So you should, you should figure there's got to be something. Yeah, like man, anyway. you, you got to hear that rap, though, man. It, it's amazing. And then he goes into this whole thing about how George Soros um, kept Britain out of the euro by, you know, the, he was supposed to be the guy that bankrupted the pound. Remember that? Yeah, you know, I think they give George Soros more credit than he deserves. That's possible. You know, I mean, the guys, he shows up here and there. Yeah, you know, he's behind moveon.org, they say. He's behind this, behind that. I, you know, how much time is there in the day? I mean, I can barely keep my office clean. Well, you don't know what these guys, he's, you know, all he's going to do all day is stroke his white pussy and go, muhahaha. Yeah, Blofeld is the reference for anyone who doesn't get that. So, so, um, is the Lyndon LaRouche thing on YouTube or Google no, or someplace? It's at uh, LaRouchePack.com, I think. Hold on. Because well, if, if I can find it on YouTube or someplace, I'll post it on the blog. Because I think people love that. I mean, the guy is very entertaining. When he was running for president, he was on TV all the time. Here, here you go. And giving these same speeches, you know. There's the link. And then you want to go to uh, his new webcast. Now, you should watch that. You'll enjoy it. Uh, no, I will. I, I actually do enjoy listening to him because it's like you just shake your head. I ran into one of his mm, protégés. <laughs> I wasn't shaking my head. I'm going like, yeah, we're all going to die. We're all going to die. <laughs> he literally says that, John. He says, we're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. 
So you were talking about earlier about you were struggling with, I wanted to bring this up before we finished off. You were talking about you had set up, you know, your sound thing and you couldn't get it fixed and you, you don't, you forgot how it worked because you haven't used it for such a long time. And I was like, I had to post a little, uh, Mevio bug on or a texture bug at the bottom of one of my websites, which is iptvdaily.com. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a, it's a Joomla, not a WordPress content manager that I was using. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I set this thing up about two and a half years ago and using Joomla when I actually could. And then I had to go in and fix some, you know, do some, I had to hand tweak the template. I had to drop this thing. It took me hours and hours and hours. And I called people that kind of knew and it was the same story. Yeah, you can't, you know, these, a lot of these uh, open source uh, public projects are never really designed to be easy. Uh, You know, they're designed by the guy for himself and this, you know, that works or it doesn't. But it was like, if you're not playing with some of this stuff constantly, you forget how to use it, which which really makes me suspicious. It's not like you know, bicycle riding is not the case. You get on a bicycle, you know how to balance yourself. You can go pedal. <laughs> right. But it's like the best example of this for anybody out there. If you can find a computer, an old clunker that's running Windows three point one, I would advise you go and and see if you can even make it work. Yeah, really. Because there was a thing called file manager, and it, it was, you know, it's just, you can't figure it out. It's like, how do I get anything to even run? And that was a machine that you probably used for a couple, you probably used that system for years, you know, literally years, and you use it on a daily basis, and if you go back to it, you can't figure out how to use it. What is wrong with this picture? Well, it's um, progress. It just baffles me that you can't, that, you know, after using something for years and years. You go back and you don't know how to use it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I don't don't have that problem too much, you know. Well, you just did today. That's the point. Well, that was a little different than because I I only set that up once. It was like a you know it's a big ball okay, of okay. You're wire. right. You're right. You, but you but during that period of when you set up, you had the thing down. You knew you would you had it. You know. Well, okay. Yes. All right. So let me say this. My reliance upon that was incredibly large. So the, right. I guess the point is when you set up systems to run and then you base other stuff that you're doing on top of that, and you know there's more abstractions, and as your life gets easier. There's all this, all these little nuggets of shit that kind of worked somehow, and if one breaks, then it's crazy to have to go and figure it out. Yeah. Which is essentially what every Web 2.0 company in the world has. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> now we're going Anyway, I just I find it annoying that I guess maybe I just wanted to complain. Okay. Well, you're real downer you're there. Tr- yeah, well, I, I brought that whole show to a screeching, screeching halt. halt. Yeah. Uh, so uh, what? Now we were supposed to talk about something like either last week or the week before. You know, we keep saying this, and this bothers me, by the way. Again, uh, mm-hmm. we 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 tease something for the next show, and then we never revisit it ever. And this has always bothered me. I, I don't know if you ever watch TV or listen to the radio when you have a talk show guy, and, yeah. they, and he says, "Yeah, we'll be." And oh, we got uh, you know Nokia to beef up uh, venture fund. Uh, we'll be right back uh, with that story and more right after this. And they never, <laughs> they never come back. It. Yeah, they never come back. Well, let me go look at Bubba's show notes. Maybe uh, 
Maybe there's well, something in that. I don't think it's going to be in there. Well, it could be. Maybe Bubba should be responsible for uh, <laughs> keep sending for us our a brains. points memo. Somebody <laughs> <laughs> responsible for our brains. You guys are supposed to talk about, you said you were going to talk about this yeah. last week, so you should talk about it because you're going to get somebody mad. Although I don't think our listeners really care about anything we have to say. No, it's it's but, just those dulcet tones. So, um, I don't know. What else? Well, I'm, I'm looking at... How about uh, I just talk about... What about Obama? He hasn't been in the news much. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well uh, I was watching Jon Stewart uh, last night, and he had a pretty good montage, and it was all the talking points, clearly, and now it's, you know, is Obama too arrogant? Yeah, that's the latest. Yeah. And Jon Stewart was, you know, was fantastic. He's like, the guy's running for president. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> of course. Now, nah, maybe that's all the setup. Maybe that's the whole Soros game. Who knows? The yes, yeah, Soros is behind the whole thing. So, um, Letterman's got a new thing called uh, "Annoying Word of the Day," and he did one the other day. And I, he did he pulled a Stuart, which was to collect a series of uh, clips oh, from like everyone. Talk, by the way, talking I think point, this is, uh, repetitive talking point clips. Yeah. Right, which I think, by the way, is great because it really shows you. You know, I think it's great for the public to see because then you realize that this is like these these it's like it's a setup. Like that's how the media works, and they all copy yeah, the each media, other. Yeah, that the media sucks essentially. Yeah, exactly. And he's his his and his first word for the series is veep stakes. <laughs> okay. And I veep thought it was stakes. like veep stakes. I said, well, he's gonna not gonna have like too the, much. Like the VP sweepstakes. Yeah, the VP, the vice president <laughs> sweepstakes. And the, and the word is veep stakes. <laughs> and I swear to God, he must have found 75 separate and distinct references to these idiots going veep stakes, veep stakes with <laughs> logos and logos about veep stakes and guys saying it. It was amazing. It was actually, I don't know, he must have a new person on his staff that came from Stewart's show, or show something. yeah, exactly. That just you know I don't well, know he's how hipping you... it up because that's what that's what gets people going and me you know, I always think Letterman he's a rebel you know he's he's doing his bit he's trying to to wake people up to show what's going on I think Letterman's a, one of the best entertainers we've seen for a long time he's a he's a natural yeah I mean he's always been you know he's got that grumpy quality that he seems to be like a grumpy guy but he's naturally funny he's got the good lines he has a, a nice sense of what a show should be like. Yeah, uh, it's always you know it's I, every time and he does this he has a he, now he has recurring gags the one he's been doing for the last couple of years which is always good for a cheap laugh is a thing called great moments in presidential oh, speeches yes oh I love that one <laughs> you know and he shows a few clips from here and there and then he has you know, they <laughs> no, he'll, no he'll show like uh, Kennedy saying ich bin ein Berliner. Yeah, you have the big, you know, big Roosevelt talk, doing one thing or we only to have fear, you know. And so he has these, then he cuts to a George Bush standing <laughs> at a podium like, <laughs> saying something really stupid. <laughs> and it's like, and that day after day after day, it's every day he does this. And it's always Bush in some other venue saying something stupid or stammering or getting confused. Yeah, but you know or, why, don't you? Because that's actually a clone. It's not actually Bush. It's a clone Bush. <laughs> look at Bush when he, when he entered the White House in 2000, man. And, and look at a picture of him now. There was a, That's a clone, uh, uh, man. That's a different guy. It's not the actually, same guy. 
We actually, a couple of years ago, and I, I had to dig this up, but unfortunately, the search engine on my own blog, I can't Bro. find anything. Uh. I got to get a, I think I'm going to have to put Google on it <clears throat> or something. Anyway, the uh, we did a, a, there is a clip out there showing George Bush when he was a, uh, still the governor and, you know, a bunch of the way he spoke and the way he, it was extremely fast mm-hmm. on his feet, quick witted, uh, sounded intelligent. And then they cut to the other clips, which is him, you know, three years into his job, you know, beat up looking gray haired, yeah. you know, slow witted, yeah. saying dumb, dumb things. Dumb, yeah. And you, and it reminds me of the Star Trek episode. Where the guy was the in this planet that was filled with Nazis. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> remember this one? And they had I the guy this. who was sent down from the Federation, and they had him doped up in the back. <laughs> and the in the Star Trek crew, <clears throat> Kirk, yeah. had to rescue him. And, uh, and he had to fight the Nazis. Wasn't there like a really hot Nazi chick too? Oh, there was always. A, well, if you can't have Nazis without a hot, hot Nazi, Nazi chick, chick, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, remind me to talk about that in a second. No, I'm done. Oh, if you, you know, do, you follow the Max Mosley story. I don't know Max Mosley. Max Mosley runs the richest motorsport in the world, known as the Formula One. And oh, the, that guy. And the News of the World ran this huge story um, with pictures. Um, Max Mosley caught in Nazi sex orgy, and they, <laughs> so they had pictures of these leather-clad women, you know, like spanking him, and. <laughs> And uh, and he sued the News of the World, and he won. This was uh, early in the week. He won a very you know minor amount, sixty thousand pounds. And the reason why is because um, you know it was a, it was a privacy issue that uh, first he I guess he proved or or the judge agreed that there was that it was not a Nazi sex orgy. It was just a sex orgy. Uh, so they got that dropped, uh, but under uh, uh, you know privacy. Uh, personal privacy, the news of the world was found, you know, guilty of, you know, uh, revealing something they shouldn't have, namely what this guy was doing and taking clandestine photos. <coughs> and now he's going to sue them in civil court for damages. And he's doing this with a German magazine, with a French magazine. But the whole th- funny thing is, it's like, dude, he's like Formula One. You know, of course you're going to have some like Nazi sex orgy. You know, that's what that sport <laughs> is about. So the, uh, in the way we look at it in the United States with this kind of thing, uh, you wouldn't have won any suits because it's a uh, your right of privacy as a public personality is pretty limited. Right. And uh, so it would be a tough go here. I think they're a little more, you know, they're over there. Their privacy things are I think it's because the judge and most of those people over in Europe are probably having this action themselves and they don't like the idea of uh yeah, one of their hell yeah. guys boy wh- how do you come up with that why do you say that john i just have the sense of it should i tell you what's what's going on here what's rumbling that's really interesting you say that do you recall the dutru case it was a pedophile network uh from belgium this was uh this came to light in i think uh early 90s no no it's the, the no well it's a uh, a long story, but uh, this guy turned out to be part of a pedophile network which went into the highest uh, levels of society. Uh, governments, justice departments, police, judges, uh, bankers, and, you know, and it's like a really long, really, really deep, really, really gory story. 
Um, mm. but there's been, a, but you know, so a lot of these judges and politicians are of course blackmailable because, you know, there's all this information about them. And right now there's a, there's something trying kind of brewing in the Netherlands where the, the highest guy in the justice department, um, you know, presumably is, has become blackmailable because he, um, had sex with underage boys in Turkey. The Turkish government fr- found out about it. They made them, you know, get some, Turkish businessman and throw him in jail for the rest of his life in Holland. Um, uh, and, you know, otherwise they'd reveal this, uh, the stuff about this guy in the Justice Department. I mean, it's all kind, it's really, it's so funny you say that because I've had that feeling for a long time. And now there's this Jersey. Have you followed that? Uh, this, uh, the island of Jersey? No, tell me. Oh man, this has been going on for a couple, uh, a couple we don't get months, any maybe. news here in this country, by oh, the way. Oh, so, Jesus. Yeah. Oh, this is horrible. So this also apparently has something to do with that. Isle of Jersey, which was, uh, it's a very small island. I, I, uh, it's, a, you know, part of the United Kingdom, but it has its own governance. Uh, so its own officials, its own police force. Um, there's some stories about in World War II how the Nazis, you know, used that, pl- used the island and a lot of the, um, inhabitants collaborated. I'm just talking out of my ass here, okay? So I'm just telling you the facts as I've read them now and what I think I've understood, not the absolute truth. Um, so there was this orphanage, uh, uh, mainly for boys, I think, but I think they did have, uh, it was mixed at some point. It's been there for a long time. And there were always reports of abuse going on. And, you know, hundreds of people, and was you know always kind of like ignored, and these people are kind of nuts anyway, so... Uh, no one really paid any attention to it, but now they made a discovery. There was a bunker nearby and they found, you know, like torture chambers and uh, charred remains of children and, you know, 65 different baby teeth. And, you know, here it comes. The, uh, the chief of police, all of a sudden he's, uh, oh, he's, uh, he's going, uh, taking his pension now and he's leaving. And yeah, I mean, this is like, there's no information coming in or out. <clears throat> it to, it's, it totally, totally stinks of, you know, of something really nasty going on. And, uh, and it's also, it's, I've already seen it being linked to this Detroit network. Um, it's, it's frightening. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, if you want, I'll send you a link, but it's, you yeah, know, no, send me a link. It might be bloggable. God, man. You know, I, I wouldn't even blog this link because, you know, there's a lot of, um, uh, photo evidence on it as well. It's gruesome. It's really gruesome. Okay, well, whatever. I'll send it to you, and you make. But at least decision. I give me a uh, give me some. But yeah, it might, but it's interesting. This kind of stuff we don't. You know, these are good stories that you think the media here would pick up on because you'd get some readership. You know, as opposed to you know. <laughs> I always thinking commercial. I love you, John C. Murdoch. I mean, no, I'm serious. I mean, why don't you know these guys are running these stories about you know the first woman's marathon in Marin County? What a big deal it is! <laughs> That's Meanwhile, important got- too. That's important for the community, John. What are you talking about, man? You know that kind of crap, as opposed to like you know some real news. Uh, you'll love the story, though. Hmm. You'll love it. You really, well, really. Well, I'm going to follow up on the Jill Dando thing and the Max Mosley thing. Probably not so much. Yeah, well, it's, but the, it's interesting. The Dando story sounds interesting. There's good stuff out there. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, there's lots going on in our world <laughs> that can distract <laughs> us from uh, the financial demise. Oh, uh, yeah, that too. All right. So I think we're at the one, half, one and a half point, unless you got something else. Let me see. Let's see, yeah. see what I got here in my... Uh, I'm pretty good let, me see what I, let me see what else I got from HQ. 
And from the red facts on the talking points here, if there's anything I absolutely <laughs> must talk about or else I'm going to I'm going to lose my pension. Who's giving that to you, your wife or your son? No, no, this is from the government. Oh. <laughs> of course. <laughs> makes so New much John sense. John Madden games coming out. Uh, I did. <laughs> who cares? Redesign. There's nothing here. Microsoft's doing another search engine. I mean, give me a break. What is wrong with these people? Yeah, really. That poor company is just a mess. <laughs> China, China and the Olympics. I don't think they're clearing up the air, by the way. I'm not seeing any evidence of it. They're I supposed think- to have, like, stopped everything, and now it's, they've had, like, one of their worst air days the other day, and you can't see if you're, your hand in front of your face. <laughs> that's, that's a bad day. <laughs> You know, it's like, it mean, it, but it's not from fog, you know, kind of thing. Uh, wow. I don't know what they're going to do. I didn't even know it had gotten that bad. I mean, I, I've been to Beijing. Why is that? Times. I mean, we were able to clean up our act. Why didn't those guys get with the program? You know, we cleaned up Los Angeles, kind of. You know, the smog no, is not actually, what it Los used to Angeles, be. I mean, you still have the bowl problem because, you know, Los Angeles right. is in a bowl. Yeah. And so it makes it pro- a problematic. But no, yeah, no, they got they put their pollution crap on the cars. Yeah, and come, they, but those guys are like the, the Chinese. They guys. make our pollution uh, catalyst, catalytic converters. Yeah, no, they make that it. for you us. They make, you know what? At, in this day and age, with all the technologies that are out there, I mean, we can create, we can build, and we do build coal-burning plants that put out almost nothing. Sure. Because we have, you know, the shaking the bed, the floating beds, whatever they call them, type of burners, and they have scrubbers on the stacks and electrostatic precipitators on the stacks and all these things you can put on there that recover all the crap coming up the smokestack. The Chinese make half of that stuff. That's Why aren't they putting said. it on their own factories? I mean, it's ridiculous that the Wait, Chinese... Um, electrostatic, that was a good word. Electrostatic, electrostatic precipitator. Precipitator. I bet you get laid saying that to people, don't you? A couple times. Electrostatic precipitator, baby. I got one in my bed. Actually, I have an electrostatic precipitator uh, in in my office. Mm. Uh, they're actually a very good uh, method for cleaning uh, room air, too, because they take out all the pollen and pretty much anything that's floating around dust. That's so not one of those ionizers? No, electrostatic pre- precipitator is what you want. The ionizer thing is kind of sketchy. It's a sharper image uh, favorite. Yeah, you know, that's the, the sharper image went broke, too, you know. <laughs> Thanks. I Thanks mean, for reminding me. Apparently, that, that device didn't save them. The, the only reason guys would actually go shopping with their women was if there was a sharper image in the mall, and now that's gone. Well, I think there's still Brookstone. That's got a lot of cool uh, stuff. That's lame. Brookstone never has any cool techno gadgets. It all has, like, outdoorsy stuff. Yeah, but this is still better than hammocks, nothing. hammocks and stuff. Hammocks, and, yeah, hammocks with counters on them. Yeah, yeah. Click, click, click three, four, five. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, yeah, no electrostatic precipitators are very cool, but you can put them. You, they put these you know industrial ones on stacks, and it just booms, kills the smoke pretty much. And then there's cyclones. I mean, there's a lot of things you can do. And so apparently the Chinese didn't care, so they just went on the cheap. To build these, their factories, which are, and then stupidly, most of them are, uh, I don't even know why this is. This is the part that baffles me, is why are these things blowing into Beijing when most of the, I thought my impression was the Chinese were going to build most of these new factories uh, along the coastline of, you know, around Suzhou and places like that. As a, but, but now that I think about it, I think China's just got factories everywhere. I got a bad I mean, I feeling. They've gone I, berserk. They're just building crap like there's no tomorrow. I got a bad feeling about the Olympics. I, I, I got a feeling something bad's going to happen. Well, there's a new article. I haven't read it yet, but I just got in the New Economist. 
uh, front page article on how uh, the Olympics has slowed down China's uh, run to freedom. Hmm. Some political thing, you know, it's because, you know, they, they have to shut down the Internet. They're worried about right. web access. I mean, the Chinese, they, they, it was a blunder for them to take the Olympics this soon. They should have waited. Yeah, they are, they're definitely not ready yet. Yeah, but I mean, I'm sure the stadium will be cool. Hmm. I don't know. I'm not going. <laughs> I got no invite. Of course, I've, I've only actually I've only been to one. I think maybe two. One Olympic event, I think. During the L.A. Olympics, they had the soccer games were up here in the Northern California at Stanford Stadium. And uh-huh. I went to Italy versus Brazil or something like that. Oh, dude, listen to this. <clears throat> On Rush Limbaugh, uh, he was celebrating uh, his 20th anniversary on air. Yeah. Uh, George W. Bush, uh, his dad, and uh, Jeb all called in at the same time <laughs> to congratulate him. That's funny. God damn, that's amazing, isn't it? That's how powerful that guy's become. Yeah, he's president. Well, I'm just calling along with President 41 and the former governor of Florida. We're fixing to have lunch here. And I said, listen, we ought to call our pal and let him know that we care for you. So this is as much as anything, a nice verbal letter to a guy we really care for. I don't think he got a call from Clinton. No, I know. I can't do any accents, man. No, your accent sucks. Yeah. You, you, yeah, that's funny. For a guy who's got the voice, you know, I can't, you can do, I that, can't do that, accents. No, I can't do you, accents. Yeah. Sorry. I think, you know, the... So you can get a coach. Yeah, but I don't want to do that. I just stay away from it. Yeah, see, I'd like to get a coach because there's a couple of accents I'd love to do. You know, I'd like to do, I can do just a, a burst, but I can't, I'm not even going to try, but I'd like to do a Scotch <laughs> accent because I think that's hilarious. And um, and a Russian. Although I think Leo, Leo does a great Russian. Yeah, oh, I heard and, that the other week. Yeah, he does a great Russian. He does a great Russian. I think he can teach me the Russian. But hey, man, you know, I got a complaint about Twit. That that was there was no content last week. Was that one of the shows I was on? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. It was. It was fun. But you know, I think you even said a couple times, "Hey, you know, let's uh, let's talk about the news." I, I yeah, that show f- fell off the track, and I'm not absolutely sure why. Mm. So I don't know. No, it doesn't matter. You know, there was, there's the number, but you know, the news, it was a slow news week. So, all right. So, summer, um, there's no news in the summer. No, no, no. I've discovered there's plenty of news. Just it's the journalists all go on vacation. That's why Bush is shoving through these executive orders to build the death camps. Hmm. That's why okay. it's happening now. Come on, man. There's lots of stuff going on. Lots of it. Oh, wait a minute. I'm looking at this list again. They do have a mention of the death camps here. Where? Do not mention death camps <laughs> on my uh, talking points memo from the... <laughs> okay. All right. I got the message. All right. So, so I think that's it. I think we're done. I think yeah. we're through. All right. So plenty of homework there, uh, John. you got some things uh, to look at. Yeah, I'm definitely... The one that got has me most intrigued is the Jill Dando assassination. But also catch up on our friend Lyndon LaRouche. You'll love it. Oh, yeah. No, I'm going to blog that. I'm going to find that somehow and blog it because that needs to be viewed by everyone because it's always good for a, a, uh, it's always good for a laugh. Well, let's hope so. Let's hope, let's hope it really is just nutty because he's, he's pretty much predicting doom. Yeah, well, you know, 
It's a, it's, there's a good business in doom. I should have started the uh, tune uh, earlier. This probably drives people mad. What, the tune? Yeah, we're just like waiting for it to end so we can end the show. <clears throat> oh. I can't cue the guy and say, hurry it up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Coming to you from the United Kingdom, my name's Adam Curry. And I'm John C. Dvorak here in sunny Northern California. And we will talk to you once again next week right here on No Agenda.